Under the circumstances, I'd say the ability to pilot this thing is irrelevant. Strap yourselves in. Another happy landing. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Another Happy Landing. I'm Spencer, and today is an Armada episode, so if you're an X-Wing player, you might want to hold off or, hey, maybe take a listen. So, uh, today we're going to be talking about, uh, I just recently got into Armada about a month and a half ago, so I'll be giving my thoughts so far on it. I'm going to be dis discussing the Victory Class Star Destroyer. Um, just a heads up, um, I currently only collect Empire, I'm going to be getting into the Rebellion soon, so... Uh, look forward to that, but for now we're going to be going through Empire stuff for Star Wars Armada. We've been waiting for you. But, um, and then we're going to go through the upgrade Grand Moff Tarkin, and I figured we'd crush an objective, you know, just for contingency's sake. So today we're going to be discussing the objective superior positions. Alright, so let's get started. You mean do I know how to land what's left of this thing? Alright, so starting off, we're going to talk about the Victory Class Star Destroyer. Can you fly a cruiser like this? Now, like most other Armada ships, it comes with two variants, the Victory 2 and the Victory 1 Class Star Destroyer. Time to abandon ship! Now, at a glance, these are pretty similar. Actually, they are the exact same ship with a couple differences in uh, dice and points and upgrades um, so it's an eight hull ship uh, they both have uh, a blue anti-squadron die a command value of three squadron value of three engineering value of four they both have the defense tokens brace and two redirects um, as for movement it has one click at one and at two at speed 2, it has no clicks at 1, and 1 click at 2. So, um, not a lot of maneuverability, and only goes speed 1 or 2. So, um, this thing is quite a bit of a slow burn of a ship. We have a job to do, Anakin. Try not to upset him. Um, as for dice, on the front side, uh, well, I guess the forward side, uh, it has 3 red, and the Victory Class 2 has 3 blue, the Victory Class 1 has 3 black. Um, as a matter of fact, the Victory Class 1 literally just substitutes black dice for blue. Um, on the side arcs, uh, the Victory has uh, 2 red and a blue, or 2 red and a black. And at the rear, 2 red. So, that's the ship. And it's pretty good. 8 hull, um, we're sitting at, for the Victory Class 2, we're sitting at 85 points, and for the Victory Class 1. Uh, we're sitting at 73. Um, so it's really up to you how you want to strategize that. So we're going to talk a little bit of strategy here. And then I'll move on to the titles and some upgrade recommendations for this ship. So overall strategy for the Victory is um, it's a pretty heavy hitter. Um, it's relatively cheap, uh, but it has very little maneuverability. So uh, when you take it, you're going to have to consider that for objectives. Um, you're going to hit hard, but you're not very flexible. And almost all your main firepower is out the front. So, yeah, I would consider uh, pretty much 
point at enemy and shoot as much as you can. Uh, you really do not want ships coming in from behind you, and it's it's a bit of a I don't want to say glass cannon because it has eight hull and it has three shields, four and on the sides, um, but. Honestly, these things could go a lot faster than you expect they can. They do have an engineering value of 4, which is pretty good. So if you uh, manage to get a token with a command, that's a total value of 6 engineering. So that's 3 shields uh, with engineering, which is pretty good. But uh, something to consider is maneuverability with this ship. Uh, I, I kind of just said that, but you really... When you place this ship at the beginning, uh, if you misplace this ship, you can make it completely irrelevant, or it could be maybe your most important piece. So play it well, um, and <laughs> or don't play it at all, because uh, you're going to need to really, really consider uh, positioning with this ship. We lost something. Now, the Victory Class Star Destroyer has four titles and then uh, a fifth uh, title it can bring as well. So first title is the Dominator. While attacking at close to medium range you may spend up to two shields from any of your hull zone to add that number of blue dice to your attack pool for 12 points. Um, I would struggle to find a use for Dominator. Uh, it's not terrible especially combined with something like disposable capacitors which lets you use a uh, blue dice at long range but honestly it's uh for 12 points and having to give up up to two shields it it's kind of a one trick pony uh for 12 points uh i would consider something more like uh expanded launchers or something like that um if i was going to uh <laughs> spend that many points for some extra dice. Uh, next up we have the Corruptor uh, on a squadron command. The speed of each squadron with bomber you activate is increased by one until the end of its activations uh, for five points. Uh, this one confuses me a little bit. I just don't see a place for uh, squadron commands for bombers. Bombers typically don't need to move too too fast. The idea is uh, at least the way I fly bombers is you get someone with intel close to them and then they just keep following a ship and so usually they're not moving any more than distance three or four and I think the Empire's slowest bomber is a three so um, yeah this one doesn't seem too too good I guess it could give you a bit of a advantage uh, in the trying to get your bombers out there a little bit quicker but overall I wouldn't say maybe stick to one of the next two. Don't bother with them! Keep the ship in orbit! So next up we have Warlord and it reads while attacking you may change one die face with a accuracy icon to a face with a hit icon. Now what's important about that is it's a face with a hit icon. That does not mean it only has to have a hit. So on your red dice you could do two hits, or on your black dice you could do a hit crit, which is really good. Um, however, that die has to have an accuracy icon. Um, I'm a bit of an idiot, but it has to be a red die to really get that 
use out of it. Uh, this upgrade is really good. Uh, something that goes really, really well with this. Uh, a little bit pricey, but goes well with it nonetheless, is H9 Turbo Lasers, which lets you change a die with a hit or crit face to an accuracy. So if you roll a red die, you change it to a hit, then you change it to an accuracy, and then you change it to a double hit with Warlord. So it's pretty flexible, uh, really adds to your offense. Uh, still susceptible to the evade token, uh, at, especially at long range. But overall, I'd say Warlord is a definite, definite, uh, definitely a better choice than the previous two. Uh, next up, we have the Hero. Uh, you gain one additional support team upgrade uh, icon in your upgrade bar when you execute a speed one maneuver during your determined course step. You may change your first yaw value to two until the end of your activation. Now, the obvious combo here is to, with the uh, support team upgrade, you take engine techs, and then uh, you can perform, at speed one, uh, two uh, one-speed maneuvers, both with uh, up to uh, two yaw, which is very strong, uh, allowing you to pretty much uh, turn 90 degrees. Uh, really increasing the maneuverability of this ship, and uh, you don't have to worry about your maneuverability at all. So yeah, Harrow is only three points, which makes it a definite, <laughs> definite uh, hot pick over Dominator or Corruptor. Um, between it and Warlord, it's all to taste if you need something more flexible and maneuverable, um, but with a little bit more uh, tankiness to it, Harrow is your choice. If you need uh, to push out some more damage, Warlord is probably the way to go. Uh, over Warlord, I'd take Dominator over Corruptor, or maybe nothing at all over those two. And finally, we have Seventh Fleet Star Destroyer, which is an upgrade that pretty much allows you uh, another ship with Seventh Fleet Star Destroyer to exhaust Seventh Fleet Star Destroyer to prevent one damage. Uh, I'll get into this one later, but it's not a bad pick for this one. Uh, I, I just think there's better options. So some upgrades that go well with the Victory Class Star Destroyer. Um, for Officer, it's a bit of a gambling slot. Um, it really depends on the role you want the ship to have. I just like a bit of a token efficiency. Something like Taskmaster Grint, which um, whenever you reveal Command Dial, um, you get a token of the matching type, but uh, you only of a certain type. So. Um, concentrate fire or engineering or something like that so you choose at the start of the game so I like him not to worry we are still flying half a ship Captain Need is not bad swapping one of your redirects to an evade uh, not terrible at long range uh, I would avoid that on the victory class one definitely um, as I mentioned earlier uh, another upgrade that's I really like to put on these things is disposable capacitors on the victory uh, class 2 star destroyer because uh, allows you to use your blue dice at long range, um, which gives you a, quite a bit of a advantage, at least in that initial engagement. So uh, that's something to definitely consider. Uh, and my final uh, upgrade recommendation is gunnery team. Uh, being able to utilize that front arc more than once per round, even if it's against separate targets, is, is just really strong and 
gunnery team is a definite include uh, on this ship. I can't really see a reason not to take gunnery team. Grab that, keep us level. Alright, so that's kind of the victory class Star Destroyer. So something you really need to do with this ship is determine from the get-go what you're going to do with it. And when you pick commands, uh, those commands have to really synergize with this ship. It's not a simple filler at 85 or 73 base points. Um, you're probably loading up to 100 points, give or take. So it's going to be a good quarter of your list. So you really have to uh, make sure it's compatible with your objectives. So uh, moving on, we'll be going to uh, upgrade of the day. And we're going to start with commanders for the Empire. I'm sorry, Rebel players. Um, just wait till I get Rebels. I'm hopefully, hopefully going to start collecting in November uh, 2019, which is uh, two and a bit weeks away. So, yeah, just hang on in there. So, let's call it three more episodes of Empire, and then I'll start uh, looking at something else. So, all right. Starting off, Grand Moff Tarkin. No, we're doing Grand Moff Tarkin because he comes in the core set. Uh, he's a bit of a... See, reading online, he's a bit controversial um, from pe person to person, but uh, we'll just get started with Grand Moff Tarkin. At the start of each ship phase, you may choose one command. Each friendly token... Sorry, each friendly ship gains a command token matching that command. Now, this obviously has its benefits. Uh, every round, each of your ships gets a command token of your choice. Now, the obvious downside is the cost. It's 38 points for something with good utility, but not excellent utility. Uh, gaining a token on all your ships is obviously good and something to look forward to, but the Empire already has so much access through its uh, officer upgrades to to other ways to gain tokens, then Tarkin doesn't really seem to support that. Um, I I don't think he's bad. I don't think he's as bad as some people say. He really uh, he really synergizes with uh, some of the fleet command upgrade cards, which forces you to spend tokens or discard the card. So, yeah. Uh, but overall, I'd say Tarkin is maybe good for a beginner player to kind of learn how commands work and whatnot, but I wouldn't take him to anything competitive. Especially considering for just a few points more, you could get a pretty decent ship. So that's my thoughts on Grand Moff Tarkin. Uh, moving on to our, our objective of the day, and we're going to be starting with superior positions. It's a blue upgrade. I don't know what that means, but it's a blue objective. It simply reads setup. The first player must deploy all his ships and squadrons before the second player. Special rule. After ship or squadron performs an attack against the rear hull zone of another ship, if the defender suffered at least one damage, the attacker's owner gains one victory token. And now each victory token is worth 15 points. This one's a bit of an odd one, uh, especially considering that I have the victory class Star Destroyer as a ship of the day because the victory class does not like superior positions at all. Um, maybe with the exception of that, uh, putting the Harrow title on it, as I mentioned. But superior positions is really cool. So first player places all their stuff first. So pretty much 
second player has complete reign on how they want to approach first player's stuff. Um, and it's kind of difficult to be first player in this situation, but there are a few mitigations. And obviously you get 15 points. Um, you get 15 points each time you successfully attack the rear hull zone of a ship. Now, uh, when you, should you bring superior positions? Uh, superior positions is great if you have a lot of high maneuverability uh, ships, possibly with scatter. Um, maybe even evade. Evade works well uh, if you have red dice. So something like the CR-90 uh, Corellian Corvettes, they work pretty well with this objective. They could move, I believe, up to speed 4 and then just zip in behind a few Star Destroyers or whatever the opponent's flying and just lay down some dice and uh, from long range with their evades and they might they might avoid taking any damage so uh, again superior positions you definitely want <laughs> what you want superior positioning you want ships that are flexible maneuverable and all that stuff now if I am first player why should I ever choose superior positions um, if I have ships that simply don't care about being attacked in the back or if I have ways to mitigate the speed or maneuverability of my opponent's ships, say with an interdictor or with some tractor beams, uh, those would definitely um, make me hesitate. The Imperial Commander Constantine, he has some uh, speed effect on people. And Admiral Ozel, I believe, really increases, allows ships to increase or decrease speed when necessary. So, um, I would pick superior positioning if I think I could either mitigate their ability to get behind me or simply kill them before they could get behind me. So something like um, just a Imperial class Star Destroyer with a lot of firepower before anything could get behind you, you just blow it out of the sky. So yeah, that's uh, superior positions. I think it's a decent upgrade to take. Uh, just don't take it, probably just don't take it with a bunch of uh, turtle uh, speed victory class one star destroyers so uh, yeah that's uh, everything for the upgrades and cards of the day uh, and I'm just going to quickly talk about Armada and my experience with it so far I got into Armada about a month and a half ago I split two core sets with my brother um, and I have started collecting Imperials exclusively I'm looking at getting into Rebels later I probably need another core set Ugh. but uh, anyways I'm really enjoying this game as an X-Wing player moving into this game um, when I heard that they announced the Clone Wars for this game I decided it was about time I kind of got familiar with it um, one because the ships look awesome and two <laughs> there is a decent eBay deal on and I figured why not so that's kind of my story I have a pretty substantial collection already. I'm still unable to find any Architens or Raider class Corvettes for the Empire, and I'm kind of missing those from my fleet, but overall I'm having a lot of fun, and I believe the game is just really excellent. I love the objective side of it. I love the way you score in tournaments. I've been to one local event um, so far. I'm 
they just announced the uh, the upcoming tournaments, and I've got one in my local city, uh, Edmonton, and one uh, in a nearby city, Calgary. So that's gonna be fun. I'm gonna be there. Maybe I'll uh, maybe I'll get a chance to go to Worlds. I don't know. I'm not too good yet, but. I've won most of my games, but most of them have been against my brother, and a lot of them I was playing very wrong. Uh, as an X-Wing player, um, we just did a lot of things wrong. So, yeah. Uh, I love the game. The defense token mechanic, the speed mechanic, um, just... It's a different game than X-Wing. It's not just X-Wing with bigger ships. And I really appreciate the strategy and uh, how important setup is, how important uh, the way you move and control your ships is and all that stuff. It's just the blend of tactics and strategy and a little bit of dice luck. But even then, there's ways to mitigate it. So, yeah, it's just... Oh, I'm having a blast. This time, you won't escape. And I'm not stopping x-wing anytime soon it's just sometimes nice to get a break from uh, the x-wing meta especially once it gets a little stale like it is right now at least um where i am locally and there's lots of hyperspace things coming up so hyperspace doesn't interest me in x-wing as much as just overall extended because i like the janky ships um speaking of which i made a mistake on my last episode saying i was bringing tie punishers to uh hyperspace tournament they aren't hyperspace legal, so crush that idea. I'll probably bring something separatist. <laughs> Fly it for the first time. So, anyways. Landing strip straight ahead. Uh, that's everything I have for this episode. Thanks for listening. We're just coming in at uh, 20 some minutes, so yeah. Gonna edit this and hopefully publish this tonight. So remember, have a another happy landing.